he's he's got a pretty good sized customer base and he called me up in august of i think 18 and and he he says kevin i'm sick of pushing snow and i'm i'm in st louis and it's 90 degrees at this point and i'm like yeah eric what's up and he goes well I gen- it's something he goes i generate about 60 grand a year in snow revenue he goes i have one guy doing it he hates it i've got to stay sober on the weekends make sure the spreader's on make sure he's sober get him in the truck right and go out on christmas eve or whenever the snow falls i'm like well, what are you thinking he goes well I'm thinking when I invoice my customers for winterization of putting something high gloss in there that grabs them to say, hey, what about a Wi-Fi controller? And then, you know, I'm using either constant contact or through pushing out an email blast to my client base. And so he did that. And not that year, but last year in the winter, he quit pushing snow. He gen- he goes, Kevin, he, he said, I, I one guy did it with a screw gun and a level. And that was the gig. And we generated the same amount of revenue as snow plowing with higher profit margin. And now all of those clients, it's easier for us to service them in the field for the startup and winterization. And we bring them that higher level of service. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Sprinkler Nerd Show. I'm your host, Andy Humphrey, and this is episode... 48. I'm excited for this one because we're going to go back to sort of the roots of this podcast and why I started this podcast was to talk about how technology is influencing the irrigation industry. And today I'm going to be talking with Kevin Battistoni from Hunter. He's out of the Chicagoland area and Kevin is a Wi-Fi evangelist. So we're going to talk about the ins and outs of Wi-Fi as well as the past, present, and future, and how technology such as Wi-Fi is affecting contractors' business. So with that, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. So let's um, get started in kind of a typical fashion. I'd love for you to share just how you got started in the irrigation industry. Well, um, that's easy. I had no choice. I was kind of born into it. My family got their start in the irrigation industry in the Chicagoland area back in 1928 with a company by the name of Mueller Mist Irrigation. My great-grandfather and grandmother lived in the foothills of Ohio, close to West Virginia, Uh, couldn't make it on the farm, so uh, came to Chicago to work for family members um, in, I want to say, at that point in time, it was probably the 40s, um, just pre-World War II, and Mueller Mist Irrigation was um, where my, it was actually, I call on them to this day, and in their garage, that I did a training with their guys two weeks ago. Um, it was subdivided into four apartments, and that's where my family actually lived. My my grandfather was an unpaid employee from age thirteen to sixteen, Damn. and um, yeah, he worked there till nineteen sixty one. My uncle Bob came to him in sixty one and said, "Dave, we're going to start our own irrigation company." And my grandfather was a licensed plumber. Um, working year round, raising four kids, happy as could be. He was their number one service guy, had all the the North Shore mansions. You know, they loved Dave Zay. He was the guy. And uh, 
He says, Bob, you don't even own a piece of equipment. He said, that's no problem, Dave. He said, I sold the John Deere corporate headquarters. We have work for the next nine months. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever seen the footprint of that property, but they installed it in 100% spray heads. Wow. You know, and so like the stories, I mean, even running across some of the old systems, they sweat every 10 foot length of copper in Andy. There was no such thing as replacing a head. You brought a file, you brought a torch. And you fixed wow. it. Irrigation system probably cost more than now wow. when you think about Yeah. And absolutely. And guys, for, for you guys listening, just so you know, Mueller Mist is like one of the irrigation originators per se, you know? Yeah. They collabed with Weathermatic on a lot of different products. My uncle Mel um, Miller, uh, Mel Zay invented a product called um, Lina Mist, which essentially was used first as a cooling agent on roofs. So it was copper pipe where they would, they would uh, penetrate the copper pipe and pierce a little hole to create a mister. And it, it helped reduce um, efficient or increase efficiency costs on high rises where it would cool it. But then they also used it for irrigation and they still have that press at Mueller Mist. Yeah, so when you say you were born into the business, you actually were, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, yeah, so when I was a little kid, I didn't know, you know, my mom was a, a, hair, a beauty, uh, worked in a beauty shop, she's a hairdresser. My dad was a suit and tie guy. Um, small business owner in the electronics industry. So I didn't know, you know, riding around with my grandfather in the service truck, I was getting my education, you know, and um, I can vividly remember my first job as a gopher. You know, I, I sat on a, on the milk crate and, and everybody knows this, any any irrigation service van, you've got the, the engine block, there's a big hump in the middle, right? And you've got two bucket seats and then they would put a milk crate right in the middle and that's where I sat. And then when we go to service calls, my grandfather would hand me a radio, put me in front of a dial controller. So like when I see an Imperial IVT, that that orange controller, that 11, I mean, that's that's like my childhood. And I'd have the radio and just wait for him to say next to kind of turn the dial, right? And 35 years later, Andy, we can sit on our couch now and know about the electrical integrity and hydraulic integrity of an irrigation system on the other side of the planet, real time when there's imperfections. So yeah, when you talk about Wi-Fi controller evangelist, um, yeah, I I got into distribution because I couldn't work with family. <laughs> my brother and I were are, are to this day. I'm one of three boys. We're all three years apart. My younger brother Michael's a licensed plumber, and he's also runs a graphic arts department at a high school. My older brother owns an irrigation company, and he's a master plumber, specializes in backflow testing. But you know, we would get in literally fist fights in people's front yards about where we were going to put the valve box manifold, you know? And so at age 19, uh, while I was going to a local community college, I saw an ad in the paper for the local irrigation supply house where I sold my family their parts. So save the family dynamic. I just, I started pushing the broom for eight bucks an hour in the warehouse. And yeah. And which distributor was that? Uh, so I started, so I, before we went on, I mentioned to you that um, I have bad luck. If don't, if distribution don't hire me, your company will go out of business. Um, so it was Builders Plumbing Supply. Okay. Um, which, I mean, we, at the time they were doing probably 300 million a year in plumbing um, and we were mm. 5% of them. And so it was, it was like running a business in candy, in a candy land because we had zero overhead. We had all of their delivery capability and we were our own little entity within them. We were pretty profitable. Mm. So it was a tremendous learning experience. I had some great mentorship and followed a gentleman by the name of George Barthal from that organization over to Hydrologic in 2003, I want to say. Um, so my time in the, in the irrigation industry, although my background at distribution was irrigation, 
the growth was lighting and floating fountains display aeration. So wanting to um, take on more after becoming a store manager, the outside sales progression was there. So kind of dove in because we always sold fountains and lighting, but we didn't have that pseudo subject matter expert. So the, mm -hmm. the whole sales cycle didn't feel good when a customer called and actually needed some assistance after install. So um, I cut my teeth in that for a handful of years. And look, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I Hunter's, uh, it's been a great run the last 14 years. Before I installed some of their products, um, when I was doing installation, really, you know, the rotor was what they had. But um, working in distribution, working in contracting and manufacturing, I got a good idea of that triangle relationship that exists between distributor, contractor, and manufacturer. There's three legs at that table. And I saw how they treated their distributor partners. I saw how they treated contractors. And then I had a friend who went to work for them, um, who we were employees at distribution for two years and how they treated their employees. And it just, um, for me, it was like cash in a lotto ticket. You hear that sort of similar story all over, you know, and I tend to think maybe they're, they're unselfish, I guess that's the way to describe it, right? They're not out there. Yes, they're in it for themselves because we all are to some extent, but they do it through helping others that comes back to help them. And so, and I see the selfishness of a lot of manufacturers today and not really being there. I'll tell you what, their core values perfectly align with mine as a human being and their take to market. And so it's just, and I love the innovation and everything that's going on, but I mean, it's, it's so easy to represent them because I believe in what I'm doing and they're, they give you the autonomy within your territory to run it like your own business. And, and the joy of, I mean, I've been at two distributorships where my head hits the ceiling before I get out of bed. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what my commission check's going to be, Andy, but they can, they've, they've already told me how much is going to come out of that commission check from receivables, right? right? So um, I pinch myself. I seek opportunity to kind of bring value to contractors. And it's been a, it's been a tremendous run and, you know, it gets, Selling black plastic for 24 years is not exciting. Yeah. Okay. Let's just, just say it how it is. And in June of 2016, when Hunter Industries acquired HydroWise, it, initially, I don't like to be a widget pusher. I want to be able to speak in detail about what I'm selling. Mm -hmm. So I, I recall the day I called my boss and I we were having a conversation. I was, I was kind of, I was crying a little bit. I'm like, hey, you know, an hour and a half on the phone at nine o'clock at night with some guy who's bending the English vernacular, you know, from Australia, trying to train us up on this app. I'm like, and now I'm a subject matter expert. I'm like, this is, you know, this, this much crap. And, and he said to me, he goes, Kev, have you opened the app and have you played with it? And I had to step in the confessional. I'm like, no, I haven't. And he goes, open it right now. And I opened it up. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's not that bad. But, um, I've never could imagine giving someone a tool to bring a higher level of service to their clients as well as scratch the itch of their desire. So we we almost have to take a step back, Andy, to take a step forward, right? And so here's mm -hmm. there's there's some misstep components. And first, the 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 primary driver behind the technology um, is cell phone obsession. And I'm not here to judge it, but it's a fact, right? I mean, I study this stuff. The average American spends 5.4 hours a day in their smartphone, checks it upwards of a hundred times a day. No, it's yeah, crazy. it's crazy. And, and, I, and we're, I'm part of this, the, the same, you know, I'm, I'm just as guilty. I'm, I'm probably higher than that average, right? I melt modems <laughs> over here at the Battistone house. I'm online so much. Yeah. When you look at that, there's no good reason why any homeowner needs to control their irrigation system from their phone. 
but it feels good and it's a toy and it solidifies all the time. They have their face buried in there. Connected devices, perfect case in point. What do we have? Like four full line irrigation manufacturers, right? Right. So it's odds are pretty good when I'm calling on somebody. I got a one in four shot, right? When we talk about so the interface of Wi-Fi controllers, there's 35 plus manufacturers in that space. Why? Because tech companies are smart and you look globally, there's over 30 billion connected devices today. Wayne Gretzky, right? Smart. He said, great hockey players play where the puck's at. Uh, elite hockey players play where the puck's going to be. In five years, they expect that to be 80 billion. So that's why there's 35 competitors in the controller arena and only four in the black plastic sector, right? So they all feel good, but what we fail to recognize, or I feel why our industry is kind of getting pushed around in this space is, Andy, if you or I or any irrigation tech out there, irrigation contractor, when they go on a call for irrigation service or installation, they speak with confidence, their posture, their shoulders are back, their chest is out because they know with absolute certainty, they know more about irrigation than the person they're having the conversation with. And when it comes to Wi-Fi controllers and even more so Wayland, right? Wireless local area networking and Wi-Fi in general, there's a resistance and they don't capitalize on it because they feel that the homeowner is superior in intelligence in that category than they are. And, and that's likely true for a majority. It's a coin flip. Um, so there was a publication from a article out of uh, TechSee and it said that um, over 70% of smart home devices that are returned labeled defective actually are defect free so what's that mean they couldn't figure it out right yeah user error you, always you bet you bet right so so that where last gosh it was a little over a year ago right before uh it would have been i think january yeah it was january kevin lewis and i were both out at the factory with factory flying groups and kevin to his credit the guys in tech service i mean you want to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on they're the backbone of our company. Any Anybody at Hunter Industries that says that that isn't a huge advantage over the competition, having 16 guys that are bilingual 12 hours a day with everything electronically wired up and live in a cube in front of them improves our positioning is is just lying. So Kevin invited some of the, the brightest guys in, that, in tech services out to uh, dinner with us and the customers, and we were gabbing with them. And after a couple of, uh, you know, we we're getting a little fluttered up and we said, hey, what's the what's the number one call that you guys get for Wi-Fi irrigation controllers and HydroWise? And you know, what he said, well, that's easy. We log it all on our CRM. 95% of the calls we take are connectivity related, have nothing to do with hardware at all. And so it kind of, you know, just took a step back and you're like, okay, this is the problem. So it, um, COVID was just a good timer where I've ran into a few audiovisual companies and uh, network providers where some of our lighting equipment and HydroWise equipment integrates with. And so I just kind of sponged up knowledge from them. And then Kevin, I, and a, you know, the entire domestic sales staff, just trial and error learning in the field about things. And so we developed a solid curriculum that's applicable, not just the Wi-Fi irrigation controllers, but every connected device there is and there's simple and free applications where we try to teach them about local area networking first and then implement the proper SOPs. Yeah. So, cause here's, here's the sales. 
Andy, you want a Wi-Fi irrigation controller? Great. I'm going to take it out of the box. I'm going to rip your old clock off the wall, hang this one. I'm going to ask you for your SSID, which is your network name. And then I'm going to ask you for your password and I'm going to cross my fingers and hope it connects. (laughs) That's how it happens. You know, and and nine times out of 10, you're good to go. But that one time out of 10, when it has nothing to do with the hardware you just installed, it has everything to do with the bandwidth and the signal strength at that particular location and channel interference. And we we can go down the rabbit hole as deep as you want, but um, you look like an idiot as a contractor when you go to the homeowner and tell them the controller, the promise you just gave them and the controller you just hung, I can't get it to work, but it's not my fault. It doesn't matter what you say. As soon as you say you can't get it to work, they go, oh my God, this guy's an idiot. And we hired the wrong company to do the work. Right. Well, and it's actually an important thing for those contractors to recognize that because yes, they could be replaced by their competition. There's also the fact that their competition might not be any better than them in that particular sector, Wi-Fi and connectivity and lands and local networks. But they we want to keep the likes of Best Buy from sending the geek squad to work on an irrigation controller. Right. We got to have these contractors take ownership of that and learn that so that somebody like Geek Squad that looks nothing like them doesn't take their business away. I hate this. I mean, I speak as frankly with you as I do with anyone. Um, Nothing motivates like the threat of competition. Okay, and I and I have some long standing relationships with contractors that see things through different optics than I do, but all change their tune when they tell them about one of their major competitors that's slaying it in that arena. You know, you you just see the fire in the eyes come alive. So to speak, Geek Squad on on a hyper accelerant, right? So for example, you you can get anything online, right? We know that. And you can go to Amazon, type in Wi-Fi irrigation controller, have your pick, okay? In major metros, like where I live and the St. Louis market, when you click on your choice of hardware, down at the bottom, it says, Amazon Home Services suggested, right? So I, I click on it. Within 10 minutes, I received two phone calls, both from non-green industry companies, tech uh, tech companies in the Chicagoland area. The hardware ships to me. They'll come out and install it for $80, seven days a week. That's the competition. That's who you need to be. Right. I mean, the smart contractor, I'd be reaching out to Amazon to become that preferred Amazon Home Totally. And that, that goes back to a great expression that I, that I love that the company that kills you will look nothing like you. That's a perfect example. And it's, I, I see, I see it now um, where the organizations when I was 19, that were the, you know, pillars in, in the marketplace. They're not all, they didn't all, uh, they didn't all hold up. Some got a little long in the tooth because I mean, to quote, uh, you know, to quote Tom Brands, the coach of the Hawkeyes wrestling, you know, if you're not getting better, you're getting beat. It's that simple. It, it's mm-hmm. that simple. And so competition is a good thing on all levels. And we we got to continue to change and rethink about how we're doing things. And it's so cool where this generationally, it's all owner operator and there's nothing like I have, you know, I shave my head. I still have some hair, but it falls out when I have to do a Wi-Fi controller training and that particular person um, doesn't really embrace tech at all. And it's, I know it's going to be like three sessions and I'm going to have to run out to two or three jobs when he pulls the fire alarm. But when I walk into an office and in, in uh, you know, for example, a friend of mine, Ed Mason, who owns uh, Rainmakers Irrigation in Romeoville, his son, Vincent, is in his early 20s and 
Wi-Fi controller training with him was 10 minutes. And he, he just gets, because he's, you know why? Because he's open-minded to it. He doesn't, he has. That's it. It, it, It's like a Wi-Fi is new. And if you've been doing something a certain way for any period of time, there are certain people that don't want their cheese moved. And again, that's a great book. Another expression. It's like, Wi-Fi technology is is moving the cheese a little bit. And there are those people that just won't embrace it, that don't even want to consider it. However, there's other people that are like, yeah, where's the cheese? I'll go find it. Show me. <laughs> or I'll find yeah, it. I mean, it is, it's it's just um like Kevin mentioned when when he was on, I was listening to the episode, and he he said, Look, you know, the big invoice when you go to do a startup, all that didn't break at once. It it accrued over, right. over time, right? And you've got two things in all irrigation systems. You have hydraulics, water flow, and you have electricity, right? Though knowing about those remotely, real time, tandem notification to you and the customer so that you can proactively schedule a billable service call where you are getting paid to make a customer happy versus two weeks later, taking a phone call from a screaming customer that wants to blame you for a high water bill or damaged landscape. Anybody who doesn't want to get on board for that, I just don't, I don't have time for it. Absolutely. And it's real data. You're not, there's trust there because they know that you're not fixing something that you either made up or didn't exist because you're just trying to build real data. Yes, they that right against their application and see, yep, last night at 2 a.m. zone five had an overflow. You know, that, that simple. And then that coupled with the ability to take hyper local weather and apply it. And I, I know, you know, from, uh, I know, when you get into smart controllers, right, and we get into putting in crop coefficients, sun exposure, uh, degree of slope, a soil type. It's shit can get complicated really it quick. It's really, <laughs> really complicated. And and so to try to simplify that, because let's face it, on a residential system, if you properly hydrozoned, what was an eight zone system is now a 30 zone system and you're selling none of them, yeah. period. You know, And I know a couple that do it and it's awesome to see all the different species segregated in their own individual zones and can no there's definitely a, a point of diminishing returns right you can there's a point where it makes sense and then after that adding more zones or adding more moisture sensors or adding more x it's diminishing with, returns with, without question so the ability to say hey you know the real world most towns or municipalities have watering restrictions you're either odd even or you got a three-hour window in the morning or, or at night right so we have to color within those lines so empowering you the professional to set up the base watering schedule that stays within the constraints of the of the watering time set up by the local entity and then making micro adjustments within that right it's uh, everybody puts heavy run times on their controllers because green grass is happy customer, right? So the spring and the fall, if you're in a seasonal market like you are and I am, um, we're wasting water in, in in the spring and the fall, but we're waiting the shoulders for peak. Yep. So to be able to look at forecasted temperature, humidity, probability of rain, past tense data, accumulation of rain, and apply that an hour before it goes the irrigation cycle to decide whether or not it needs to let it out, eliminate it all together, or reel it in. It based on real data is super cool. And the fact that you can now push that content out automatically on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual basis, and 
now gives con- contractors much more confidence to tie a monitoring mm-hmm. number to that. Look, I can show you, especially if you have a flow meter. I mean, where I live, Andy, I don't know what where water costs where you live, but I pay a thousand bucks per, or I'm sorry, I pay ten dollars per thousand gallons on the inbound. There's no deduct meter on the sewer charge. I pay eleven, so it's twenty one dollars per thousand gallons of water, and I'm on Lake Michigan water. One irrigation cycle at my house. My system is all pressure regulated at the head, 100% MP rotators. One irrigation cycle at my house is $38. Okay. So, you know, we have the Great Lakes in the Midwest. So, you know, that's real money. That is real money. I'd love to tell you, I mean, at the core values of Hunter Industries, it's about preserving the the precious natural resource. Okay. And, And if you're in areas where, out west, you know, or in California, where you don't even own the watershed on your own property, you know, like if you if you haven't, uh, you ought to talk to Christine Hawkins from the Bay Area. Cover spec for us. Yeah, I know her. Her, her knowledge of water reclamation, and I mean, she is just. I've spent hours just picking her brain, and it's it's fascinating. She's like, you guys in the Midwest are surrounded and drowned. She's like, you guys waste so much water, and I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. We're a bunch of cavemen, knuckle draggers, and we're like, look at the Great Lakes. We got all the water we need, you know. But so for us in the Midwest, the primary driver is the cost, right? But we know at the end of the day, it's also preserving the precious natural resource. So. Being able to show, be able to bring a level of service that's real time with imperfections, either hydraulically or the electrical integrity of the system, coupled with keeping plant material lush and green, but using it, reducing the scheduled irrigation because the software, if you don't have a flow meter, it'll tell you, hey, last week you were scheduled to run 840 minutes but you only ran 420 and then it'll unpack it in that message that goes to the customer showing a pie chart. Hey, you reduced your watering. 25% was attributed to high probability of rain. Um, 30% was attributed due to low temperatures. So it, it reads like a children's book, which is exactly what myself and irrigation <laughs> contractors need, which is pretty pictures, big, bold, simple print, right? That resonates and yeah. it's packaged as if it comes from you, you, Andy, the contractor. So your logo is on that push notification and email they get every Sunday along with your custom verbiage. So in the nice part is even though the application is free to a homeowner, they can't self-generate those reports. They have to be, they have to be hitched to a contractor to even receive that content. So it's awesome. Once a month, Kevin, I literally get to sit down with the software development team and a handful of other sales guys. And we tell everybody, we want your feedback. I can't promise that it'll be implemented tomorrow, but I can assure you it doesn't fall on deaf ears. So two weeks ago, Greg Rosink and I did a uh, webinar on the updates to HydroWise that occurred during the 2020 year, right? Which nobody was busy in 2020. It was, they were just, so a lot of people missed it, but it was, it was the best stuff we put out. We had slated it for 30 minutes. It went 90. We had several hundred people on and we received 75 questions. I mean, it was in after the fact that we've had almost a thousand people now watch it on the webinar and on the Facebook live recording. So it's just, it reaffirms to us that, you know what, we're Greg and I are like, all right, we got to shoot a 10 minute YouTube video, skip the labor pains and just give them the baby, no Q and A just, Hey, this is the relevant content to the software um, update put out Mm -hmm. because there's such a hunger. I mean, I'm starting to swim in some of your ponds like uh, social media. I I didn't have any 
stake in the game until about a year ago when you're a sales guy and you're now trying to be relevant from without interfacing directly with your customers. But I'll tell you what, I mean, the reach on that, it's fantastic. So the irrigation forums, I mean, there's, I can't tell you how many people have an opinion, but they don't know how they formed it. Right. It's just, I'm, I'm a Chevy guy or I'm a Ford guy. And the blind loyalty is, I admire it, but it's, it's, it's super cool. Like you and I were talking before you go live, there's contractors in my territory that are, I sell Chevys, right? And so there's guys that like Fords and wouldn't even let me in to talk about the Chevys I sell um, until three or four years ago. And now they're like, hey, not only can you come in, we want this because we've done our homework and we know you've got a better mousetrap, but the implementation of that is being more than a professional visitor, you're actually getting involved intimately with their companies and how they market. They're asking yeah. you, how do we price this? And so it makes you, you're a trusted associate instead of a professional visitor. That, that's what you want to be. I mean, as a salesperson, you don't, we don't, you don't sell. People buy when you put them in a place of comfort, trust. And like you said, if you can be their starting point for you, their technical advisor, then become an advisor in other aspects of the business because of the reach and what you see in your market with other contractors, you have a, a vantage point or a viewpoint that is hard to, to match sometimes. Well, the, the boys, Kev's team, the Northeast, the Upper East Coast, I mean, their their Wi-Fi numbers are in the last three here, in the last three years in the Midwest, we have doubled every year for the last three years, Wi-Fi controller sales. And when I tell you we can't hold a candle to the Upper East Coast, just to give you an idea of what they're doing. But, <laughs> you know, talking with Anthony Long, the product manager and, and former 50 uh, 50% owner of HydroWise, he said in June of 16, we were manufacturing 800 controllers a week. As of right now, we're making 800 an hour. So it's just, it's, it's, a, but I, all that being said, we still haven't scratched the surface. We could be doing so much better. And I, my mission is to make sure that green industry professionals are making money delivering this service. And it not when they go to do winterize or do a startup, they see a black box with blinking lights on the wall. And you know what? That's their fault. Right. And, and then I say, it's my fault because I failed to educate my customer. So let, let, let's uh, unpack that a little bit. What are you seeing? for roadblocks for contractor adoption. Let's let's move past the numbers that are doing great. What's stopping those who aren't? Basically, the initial one is they will say, geez, my phone rules my world right now anyways. That's all I need is one more thing, talking to my phone so that I can't actually get my job done in the field, right? So it's, it's trying to take the technology and wireless local area networking and finding similarities to very common household things that resonate with them. And then just making, making it very simplistic, right? And helping them and saying, this is, this is the tool. This is how you use the tool. I mean, if, it's, if you're an Android user, it's Wi-Fi analyzer. If you're an Apple guy, it's airport utility. You need to check strength of Wi-Fi signal and bandwidth. And if you don't check that at the location where you're going to mount the controller, before you even take it out of the box and tell them it's going to work, you're setting yourself up to look really bad. And if you have a bad experience where you look like an idiot, you're going to be less apt to try to capitalize on that opportunity again, because you're all you're going to do is think about how foolish you looked the previous time. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's we're doing it face to face or we're doing it on uh, large scale stuff and just building 
uh, libraries of content on the uh, Hunter Industries YouTube channel. And we got over like 500 videos, but I mean, we've got HydroWise in 10 minutes, literally like you need to create a contractor account and we'll walk you through step-by-step step what the process looks like. And it's, um, it's not difficult. Nobody wants to learn a new trick. Yeah. You know, and, and don't take my dial away. You know, I, 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 I like that good old pro C programming architecture and to get in somebody's head that the controller is now in your hand. That's just, well, I, Kev, the touchscreen's not big enough. And I'm like, you're only putting in a password, put it in the basement. It doesn't even need to be in the garage anymore. Cause now it, it'll have a stronger signal. You are holding the controller in the palm of your hand. And it sounds like if that controller was shipped with a $50 bill, they'd complain that there wasn't a hundred dollar bill in it. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing. I, I still have three family members that own irrigation companies and you know, I've got alligator skin and I sleep under a bus. There's no harder people to deal with than your own family in the industry. And it's like you go to Christmas party or Thanksgiving, you know, right as I'm about to take my first bite of turkey, that's when they start hammering me on product and things. You know, and it's like, really, is it, is it, this is how it's going to be? Okay. So I welcome those. You know, I really, I really, really do because there's nothing cooler than somebody who has a preconceived notion on something circling back after the fact and saying, thank you. Like, yeah. th thank you for, for helping me, uh, for setting me up to see the light in this. And I mean, I, I've got a, a guy, a good customer friend, Dean, who's been in the industry since the eighties. And he told me initially, he's like, I'll offer Wi-Fi, Kev. He goes, because I don't want to miss a sale on a new install because the other guys did and I didn't. He said, but I, I see it being very troublesome and I don't like it. Within two weeks, he's like, well, I have 3000 service customers and if I can get $75 a piece from them in monitoring fees annually, that's $227,000 a year. He's like, I'm going to be the ADT of the irrigation industry. And I'm, and so to see those, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. When I, yeah. you know, to, to take it from no way you're out of your mind to seeing a, a new revenue stream to install the controller, but then a residual revenue stream that which should be in play because you are bringing a higher level of service. Yeah. You can show them. And he's showing up in, to the customer the way the customer wants them to show up. If if somebody came to my house for anything and I asked them about a Wi-Fi thermostat, a Wi-Fi fridge, a Wi-Fi irrigation, any piece of tech that I wanted, I would be judging how they respond. And if they responded like, ah, I don't know, that stuff is still being tested. We don't really do it a lot. It's going to cause problems. I'm, I'm going to think to myself, all right, I guess I need another bid. This isn't the contractor for me. You hit the nail on the head. What we are, what we are all in, in COVID's taught us, right? With the face covering component, sixty-five percent of communication is body language and facial expressions. I have a realtor right now. I told you, I'm shopping for a new home. He's an elder statesman. He's in it for the love of the game at this point. When we go look at properties, he doesn't even look at the house. You know what he does? He watches me, and he can tell within five minutes. He's like, "Let's bail." He he just knows by by reading me. And what I think, you know, we we lack that self-awareness sometimes to see the behavior we exude to the homeowner, right? If we're, if we're not willy nilly, if we're not in with both feet, good luck trying to sell it. Right. It is totally the, the other guy that I, that I think of, his name is uh, Eric, Eric Huckstorf out of Milwaukee. Um, and I'll, I'll send you a link for it. We did a, a really nice candid interview, but he's, he's got a pretty good sized customer base and he called me up in August of, I think 18 and, and he, he says, Kevin, I'm sick of pushing snow. And I'm, I'm in St. Louis and it's 90 degrees at this point. And I'm like, yeah, Eric, what, what's up? And he goes, well, 
I it's something. He goes, I generate about 60 grand a year in snow revenue. He goes, I have one guy doing it. He hates it. I've got to stay sober on the weekends, make sure the spreader's on, make sure he's sober, get him in the truck, right? And go out on Christmas Eve or whenever the snow falls. I'm like, well, what are you thinking? He goes, well, I'm thinking when I invoice my customers for winterization of putting something high gloss in there that grabs them to, to say, hey, what about a Wi-Fi controller? And then, you know, I'm using either constant contact or through um, some enterprise software, whether it be Hindsight, Service Titan, you know, which are, are both uber relevant um, that we could talk on that extensively as well, but pushing out an email blast to my client base. And so he did that and not that year, but last year in the winter, he quit pushing snow. He, gen he goes, Kevin, he, he said, I, I one guy did it with a screw gun in a level. I never scheduled a call for him before 1030 so he could sleep off his hangover every morning. Right. And he was he had a screw gun and a level. And that was the gig. And we generated the same amount of revenue as snow plowing with higher profit margin. And now all of those clients are it's easier for my customer, for my for us to service them in the field for the startup and winterization. And we bring them that higher, higher level of service. And so the best I would say that the best thing to get people over that hump of the preconceived notion is encouraging them. I, you, you like I work for Hunter Industries, right? I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid and I, and I don't hide that, but contractors selling contractors. And that's what I see on these social media platforms. Mm. What I mean, you, you're in a day, you cannot in today's day and age, they used to say, I used to say, I tell the truth because BS is too hard to maintain. I tell the truth because you can't do anything but tell the truth because it's it's too easily outed otherwise at this point. So there's, I mean, to hear a manufacturer rep say this is the best thing since sliced bread is is one thing. And if you're that trusted associate, they, they'll, they'll likely believe you and they should because you have their best interests as distributor partners do as well in yourself. But to hear it from another contractor um, and being involved in contractor peer groups and yeah, that peer to peer is, is important. I love, I love it. You know, the the selfless business owners that will say, "Hey, rip rip apart my company." You know what I mean? And show. And so you say you bring ten different irrigation contractors together. One, each of them is probably doing one thing better than any of the other ten. And so it's like to be having a, a to have that um, lack of ego to be able to to make changes based off of real information from somebody doing what you're doing in another area. Um, so contractors selling contractors is what, it, what I love yeah. to see happen. Man, it, it, it kind of sounds like uh, here that Wi-Fi in and of itself, right, is not game changer. Uh, and hear me out here. The Wi-Fi itself is over-the-counter technology, right? It's in lots of products, lots of industries. And what I'm gathering from you is that being the Wi-Fi evangelist is positioning you at a different level with your market, your contractors, because it's not about the Wi-Fi. It's about what the Wi-Fi is doing for their business and what happens if they take advantage of that opportunity, where they can go with their business by embracing something simple like Wi-Fi, which, which really isn't so simple, but it but it is. 100%. I, I the, the like there's like oh well you you work for Hunter you're just trying to sell Hunter products yes I'm trying to sell Hunter products but what I'm trying to do first is it's a long game play I'm giving you something for free that I couldn't sell you if I wanted to that will absolutely improve your efficiencies and make you more money that's my you know that that's my long game investment 
with, with in, in your company. And it just so happens that this is where that opportunity lies today within the wide Yeah, this is the spark. You bet. Yep. You bet. And it's, um, I, I want to see every irrigation contractor make a boatload of money, period. I mean, nothing would pay me more in distribution when I would go out for that end of the year thank you launch, take a guy out to launch, and he went from 50 grand to 100 grand in material purchases with me. And I would say, How'd you fare? You know, how's the bottom line? Did you make more money? And he would go, No, I actually made less. I mean, I would throw up in my own mouth just hearing that. And <laughs> because, well, you know what? People were screaming. So overtime went way up. I was trying to keep everybody happy. And with all the with all the OT and just not being as efficient as I, as you could be with everything, um, I wound up making less money and I wound up working more hours. If anything, the, the, the previous downturn in the late 2000s, the economy, the irrigation contractors that made it through that, just the, the entrepreneurs that they are, they became so much more efficient at what they were doing. You know what I mean? Because they, because it, it was a necessity. And they, they had to. Those, yeah. They kept all those efficiencies in play. And now we're seeing things, you know, the demand for irrigation at a level that I've never seen before. And now, you know, seeing them maximize their profit margins from the hard times that they went through, it's cool. I mean, it's, I, feel like I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world because awesome. Well, again, it sounds like Wi-Fi, you know, it is the starting point of the next generation, right? That's the spark that is becoming the fuel to kickstart businesses in a new direction, open up new doors. And I'm a firm believer. That's why I have this podcast, because I think that those who embrace the technology are actually embracing or looking at their future selves, their future businesses, and you got to get on board. So no question. Um, I, I appreciate everything that you've shared with us today, Kevin. Appreciate the full transparency. You definitely shared more than I had hoped for. So I thank you for that. Yeah, no, I thank you for having me on. This was great. And like I said, I mean, I'm a wealth of useless information. I'm happy to vomit it up on request. <laughs> and Kevin just joined. He just joined the uh, our, our Sprinkler Nerd community on Facebook. So I did. knock I did. on the Sprinkler community door. You need to be in the industry. No, no homeowners and users. We want just... Um, industry professionals to help us do exactly what we're talking about here, elevate the industry and be a positive uh, peer group for each other. So absolutely. If I, and if I could just on a closing note, you know, on behalf of the Hunter family, and that's what it is. I mean, we're family owned and operated on third generation on behalf of that family and the Great Lakes sales team and the whole domestic sales team. We just, we want to thank every, everybody listening and you Andy for your partnership with us. And um, you know, the game has changed. There's no question about it. But the partnership hasn't, you know, and and we are we're, the, we're we want we are committed to seeing our customers successful. You know, it's not about if, it, if it's it's more than just parts. Bef awesome. Before, during, and long after the point of sale, we're going to be there. So, where would you like someone to contact you if they want to learn more or have help? Probably the best spot would be um, Facebook. If you go to Hunter FX Midwest and follow our Facebook page. Um, the Great Lakes team, which I'm one of 10 members of, um, we push out probably three posts a week. But um, in terms of relevant content, if we upload new YouTube videos, things of that nature, you can also go to HunterIndustries.com YouTube page. But I have the longest email at Hunter Industries. You're welcome to contact me to direct, but it is Kevin.Battistoni at HunterIndustries.com. Awesome. Good. Well, I'll, I'll drop uh, both those resources in the show notes. So hopefully you can just uh, click over or have it. 
And uh, thanks so much, Kevin. Look forward to keeping in touch. And Andy, there's 90 Kevins domestically in North America. So, you know, if I'm if, if you're not in Chicago, I'm not your Huckleberry. I will tighten you up with who is for sure. And, right on. They're, and they're all it. taller and they all have more hair and they're all better looking than me. So you're in good shape. You don't look <laughs> Nice, man. Cheers. You bet. Take care, Andy.